<laughs> Welcome back into Talk Up, everybody. I wanted it to see how long we could go. Friday, January 6th. <laughs> 2023 zach's wearing um sunglasses today for those who are watching the video taping uh so it, it kind of looks like i'm i'm sitting at a world series of poker table and i'm looking across the table at somebody who's giving me a uh, a very blank stare right now yeah i mean what do you i mean you, you do look like a poker player I, i'm not gonna lie i look like a beast right now and you you just can't handle it it, it did throw me off my game for a second. The, the shades are, they're scaring me a little bit. There's a glare in here, you know? Is it like, can you see the screen? I can see the screen perfectly. It doesn't, there's no like. Nope. We can it's... also see the screen. That's well, true, you can see the screen through my, through my glasses. Yeah, this is true. Hopefully I'm not looking at anything, you know. <laughs> So welcome back in, everybody. Uh, before we get into the uh, topic, we're going to be talking some baseball today. Uh, going through Major League Baseball wins over unders for every Major League team. We do want to start off by addressing the uh, tragic news. Um, everyone uh, watched the Monday Night Football game between the Bills and the Bengals. Um, DeMar Hamlin, um the scary, scary um, injury that we all had to witness is something that was absolutely scary, and uh, we hope the best for him. There was some positive news coming out today that uh, DeMar was conscious, and the doctors did say that there was a lot of po- positive progress being made on his end. So prayers are with him and his family, and uh, we hope that the positive progress is made in the coming days and weeks. And uh, Hopefully, maybe we could see him back out in the field at some point in the future. Absolutely. That's best case scenario. I mean, we're just, you know, I hope he's all right. All the news we've been hearing so far has been pretty good. They were saying today that he was he was writing messages. He opened his eyes. He was conscious. Uh, Which is great. Answering their questions. Hear. So, you know, that's really good progress so far. And, you know, we... Uh, we hope he's all right, and you know we hope he uh, continues to progress t- towards you know getting his life back to the way it was. Absolutely. So prayers out to him and his family, and we hope we can see Demar back on the field as soon as possible. Zach, getting getting into the baseball portion of our show here. Your Red Sox made a signing that they I finally think did had, something had to be done. It had to be done because the Red Sox fans haven't had a lot to cheer about this offseason. Now you do. You've locked your guy up. Rafael Devers, you, he's, he'll be a Red Sox for life now. Not for, I mean, not for life, but for the good portion of the rest of his career, absolutely. For pretty much the rest of his career. I mean, 11 I guess years. You know, $331 million. Yeah, it, it's something that it had to be done, Chris. It had to be done. If it wasn't done, there would have been an uprising. Fenway Park would have looked like the Capitol on January 6th. And I'm telling you, this is a fact. If this didn't happen, there would have been an uprising. Thank God it happened. And, you know, they got him. I think that's a fair price. I think that's a f- absolute fair price for an absolute stud in the prime of his career. He's still so young. He's still so young. You locked him up at a very good time. 
you're going to get him for 11 years and you're going to get his 11 best years. They're not even getting the 38, 39, 40-year-old season. Like they're getting his his late 20s, his early 30s. It's going to be great. I'm so excited. It does make me slightly nervous that there's no trade cla- there's not a no trade clause in it, but you know, I'm excited. This is something Red Sox fans have been dying for. We needed this. I mean, this is the best the honestly the best news since we signed Chris Sale, I think. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, I, I agree. This is this is a this great is signing the best the news Sox. since signing Chris Sale. So I, I'm very excited. I wanted wanted Rafael Devers to be a Red Sox since he came up as a 19 year old, and we got him. And I seriously couldn't be happier. This, I mean, don't get me wrong. This this team is still in the shitter. This team is still going to be bad this year, but at least we got our guy for the future. Yeah, it's the offseason for the Red Sox in general is something that as a Red Sox fan, you're not going to brag about. But this this is definitely definitely a step in the right direction for the franchise. Now you have a solid third baseman for the next 11 years. He'll he'll be on the team through his age 37 season. And now it's time for Heim Bloom to build around this guy. You do have Chris Sale still on the roster. You got some other good pieces. We'll see what happens. Yeah, he put us in a hard spot, you know, when letting Xander walk. And again, you know, a lot of people were in uprising after that happened. And, you know, I, I was too, but I kind of understand there's nothing they really could have done. That they, He got an insane amount of years for an insane amount of money. I didn't want to pay him that. Like that's too much money, in my opinion. You know, I love Xander. He was one of my favorite players in Red Sox history, but that's just too much money for a thirty-year-old shortstop. So I was, I, that's I understood that. There was a couple other things that they have done in this offseason that I haven't understood. Nobody's understood, but this I understand. This shows me that Heim Bloom might actually have a plan. You know, I've been saying, does he have a plan? I thought he did, and then he makes me change my mind every time. I don't know if he does. This, I'm back on the train. I think he does have a plan. He's ready to take this team to another World Series. And, you know, it's it's definitely going to be a couple years, but I'm excited to see, you know, if he can really build around Devers and build around some of the young pieces we got coming up. Yeah, I agree. And um, it's definitely a, pot, a step in the right direction after, like you said, losing Xander. And there, there is some good young talent. You know, Verdugo is still there. There is a lot of veteran leadership with Kluber coming in, Justin Turner coming in. I don't necessarily think the Red Sox are in the worst possible place that you would have thought maybe three weeks ago that they could be if Devers was going to be dealt. Because we have to remember, three, four weeks ago, that was absolutely on the table that he was possibly going to be dealt in the offseason. Yep. Yep. I mean, this team, we we have some pieces, you know, Devers at third, he's a, he's a stud. He's a bona fide MVP, you know, Casas coming up at first. I really like Casas. You know, I, I think he's going to mash this year and he's still going to hit at a good clip. He walks a lot. He's a solid first baseman. I'm so excited for his rookie debut this year. You know, he should have made his debut last year. He dealt with injury problems for the first three to four months and the Red Sox let him take his time. They said, you come back when you're ready. He came back. 
came up for a little bit at the back half of the season, but I'm really excited for him. Right. Ryan and, Bayo, and I'm sure another I'm young sure you're pitcher happy that we now. got coming up. I'm excited for the for the some of the young players in this system. I'm sure you're happy Tristan and, sat in the minors for the year while he was hurt. And now I the am, Sox I have am, an extra year extra year of uh arbitration on him. Exactly. I, I'm perfectly fine with that. I was so okay. That was like the best thing the Red Sox did last year was they said we're not gonna rush him, which I'm fine with because we weren't in contention even with him there. So you might as well just rest him for the whole year. So looking at the lineup for the Red Sox, and it's a and it's a pretty it's it's a lineup that can be that can be good. It does have some good pieces in it, but it can be very inconsistent. Um, Yoshida, we don't know how he's going to face um, major league pitching yet. Uh, Justin Turner is obviously an established major league hitter. Devers, we know what he's capable of. Trevor Story, another toss up, has the pop, could hit for average. I'm not really sure what you're planning on getting out of him. I'm assuming that's going to be locking. He'll he'll be locked in at shortstop with uh, Christian Arroyo over at second. Is that the plan? Unfortunately, right yeah, I think so. And then you have Verdugo over in right. Reese McGuire catching. Well, he'll be he'll be behind the plate this year, right? He'll be behind the plate. Yeah, it's probably going to be a tandem of him and Connor Wong. So, looking at the real the real outlier on this team, position player wise is Bobby Dahlback has been really disappointing for the team. He did not have a great year last year. He played well in 2020. I'm um, excuse me, 2021. 2021. 2021 yeah. the the after the All-Star break in 2021 when we went on the on the run to the playoffs, he played very well. Should have traded him right after that when his stock was the highest. So I wonder if I wonder if Heim Bloom he could be a guy that you might be able to deal for an arm come down the stretch maybe Come late July, mid June, that would be an interesting, an interesting piece to move. But the rotation do doesn't think, look bad. I do think he's going to be a guy that gets traded at the deadline. I think he's going to get phased out of this offense. You know, with, with Justin Turner coming in, uh, I think him and Dalbeck are going to, you know, split a lot of time at DH. You know, Turner is thirty-eight years old. You know, he needs a couple more rest days. Um, but I do think Dalbeck is going to be someone who gets fizzled out of the lineup and gets and end up getting dealt at the trade deadline at the lowest stock possible. We're going to get absolutely nothing for him when we should have traded him a year ago when he was playing well in the playoffs. Right. No, absolutely. And I think the besides that, I'm, I'm looking at the bullpen now. The bullpen definitely looks better than it has in past years the back end of the bullpen was always a disaster for the Sox. I don't really think you guys have had a, a real lockdown guy that you can confidently give the ball to since maybe Adovino. And I don't even know at some point of the season if you could Kimbrel. even say that about Adovino. Kimbrel. Well, Kimbrel was there a few years ago. I'm yeah, talking about that was more the, recently. I'm saying Kimbrel is Kimbrel in 2018 was the last time we had a solid, like, I am so confident with them on the mound. Kimbrel in that year when we won the World Series, I didn't, I didn't hesitate. Every time he That's went on fair. the mound, I was like, game, game over. We haven't had a guy like that since then. So you signed three-time All-Star Kenley Jansen, significant upgrade from last year. Have Rodriguez also in there as a southpaw. Love that former Met. I think overall this bullpen is very, very solid. 
and I and I don't think the I don't think the rotation is too far behind. Obviously, it's all dependent on whether how healthy Chris Sale is. Pavetta is a great piece. Corey Kluber is obviously experienced, and you have James Paxton in there, who has proven to be a very solid major league pitcher. So there's a lot of upside on the pitching side of this team. There's a with the pieces that this team has, there's a possibility of them going on a run. Um, I I think. Th- a big thing with this team is going to be injury concerns, especially in that starting rotation. And that was the problem last year. I mean, last year it got to a point where our, our starting rotation one through five was all rookies who had all coming up, come up from triple a. None of them were on the 26 man at the beginning of the year. And they all came up and all had to make starts in the MLB. That can't happen. You know, there's too many question marks in the starting rotation, which is going to be the problem for this team. Can Chris, Chris sale stay healthy. That's a question mark. Can Nick Pavetta pitch like he did for those couple months in 2021? I don't know. That's another question mark. Is Brian Bayo going to come up and do what he did last year, or is he going to do what he was doing at AAA? I don't know. James Paxson, guy hasn't pitched in two years, so we don't really know what we're going to get from him. You know, We paid him $6 million to rehab in Boston last year, so that's really nothing. So you know, I, I think this team has a lot of question marks. The bullpen is actually something I feel very solid about, which is something we couldn't say last year as Red Sox fans because, you know, if if you look at it, we did give up the most walk offs, the most blown saves, the most the most given up runs past the seventh. Like if you look at the Red Sox stats last year from the seventh inning and beyond, it's it was ugly. And I can't remember, I, I don't even know how many times I turned on watching the Red Sox game and they blow the lead in the ninth inning. So I'm excited about the bullpen, have Jansen, Martin as the setup guy, and we still have Schreiber from last year who should have been an all-star as a rookie. I'm very excited about that. So, you know, th- there's upside here, but I, again, I do think we're still going to struggle. I think you'll struggle too. Um, and I hate to say this, but I think it might be a dogfight between you and the Orioles at the bottom half of the division but agreed that's not a terrible that's not as bad of a spot as i nearly thought you guys were going to be three weeks ago so i think there there are some positive takeaways and like we said we'll see what happens with yoshida there's a ton of potential there and we'll see what happens um with some of the younger younger guys coming up so i know we want to now move into major league baseball over-under projections for wins in the 2023 season. Zach, we'll start oh, yeah. with you in the American League. I, I am very excited for this. Um, we're going to go back and forth. You take the NL. I got the AL. Um, we're going to start in the AL East. We're going to start in the East. All right, and we're going to start with the Baltimore Orioles. Their win projection for next year is, 70, is set at 75.5. And... You know, this is tricky. You know, the Orioles last year won 83 games, and they go down even though they gained Grayson Rodriguez coming up, one of the best pitching prospects in major leagues. I don't know if I expect this team to win 83 games again next year. I do think they'll win over 75, so I will take the over on the Orioles, but I think that one's going to be close. Yeah, you know, this is this is tricky because you, you really are betting on a lot of young guys to step up and make a lot of big plays for this team. I'm going to, as well, take the over on their wins. 
I really, I really like the Orioles this year. And again, it's, it's, it's all based on this sentiment that these young guys are really going to come up and play big. I think Adley Rushman is going to develop massively this spring moving into the, uh, into the summer. I think he's going to be a huge bat for them coming down the stretch. I'm not saying they're going to make any noise for the division. I'm simply saying that they're going to be a much better version of a team than we've seen them put out in the last two or three years. Agreed. So I like Rushman. Am I saying that right? Hadley? Yeah. Rushman. Rushman. Yeah. Okay. And, and Hey, like they look, they have pieces in the minor. Like if they were an 83 win team last year, right. And, And you can, you can make the argument that they exceeded expectations. Sure. But I don't think they were playing past their potential that much. And I think, look, they have a lot of young guys too. Baltimore still has a top-end farm system. What's to say, you know, come mid-July, if they're fighting in the middle of the pack of that AL East, what's to say, hey, let's go out of bat at the deadline? I wish, I wish they would. I wish they would. The Orioles are fun. They're a fun team. All right, I next, agree. the Boston Red Sox. The Boston Red Sox. Their line, for some odd reason I don't understand, is set at 84 and a half, and I couldn't slam the under more on my own team than I am because I, I think this win total is just its just too high for a team that just has so many question marks and lacks so much talent. I mean – you, 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 everyone heard us just talk about it for 15 minutes. They're just, they're not a team that's going to win, I think, above 80 games this year. So I'll, I'm going to take the under with them. Yeah, I'm going to take the under on this one as well. It's this, this total is a little too high for me right now. Things break a, a little bit their way. We see how Yoshida starts playing. Devers is an MVP caliber player, so he can boost the team a little bit. You never know what will happen down the stretch, but as of right now, where this team stands, too much uncertainty with Sale, too much uncertainty with Paxton. I'm taking the under on the Red Sox. I think that's one we won't regret. I think that's a fair New York Yankees. New York Yankees. The New York Yankees line is set at 104.5. And And this is bizarre that they have them winning this many games. I, I honestly... I I honestly feel like this year in the MLB is going to be similar to the NF this the NFL this year. I think there's going to be a lot of good teams, and there's not going to be like three that are juggernauts. I think there's going to be a lot of teams that stay very competitive, and I think we're going to see winners of divisions not in the hundreds of wins. That's why I'm taking the unders with the, the under with the Yankees. It's not that I don't think the Yankees will win the AL East. I absolutely do. But what I think is they're just going to win the AL East with 98 wins, not 104. 104 is a lot of wins. And look, the Yankees addressed a huge part of the rotation by signing Rodon this offseason. A lot of these teams, obviously, baseball is, 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 it's a long season. So it's hard to bet on a team winning 105 games I think that's just too risky of a bet. I'm also going to be taking the under on this, but I think it's very possible the Yankees win 100 and 506 games this year. Um, I, I think they can even be as good as the Dodgers of last year, maybe even winning close to 110 games. It's all depending on health. 
that's that. I mean, we, we, could, we could go on for days about, you know, how, how the Yankees have struggled with injuries in the past. I think the Yankees are set up better than most contenders in the fact that they don't have to look too far outside of their own organization for depth. Oswaldo Peraza, Anthony Volpe, these are guys who are going to provide substantial substantial production for this offense come down the stretch, and they don't need to go out in the trade market and address these pieces. I think the Yankees will be a very good team. Don't want to put my money where my mouth is in 105 games, but I think they could win more than that if they're healthy. Tampa Bay. Now the Rays, the Rays win total is set at 87 and a half. And you know, my take of this year actually is uh, I'm big on the Rays. I'm huge on the Rays. I think getting Tyler Glass now back is going to be so big for them. Their rotation with Glass now, McClanahan, and Hopefully Boz comes back at some point this year. And Rasmussen, we saw, have a breakout year last year. I think, Charlie Morton, I I think that this team, Charlie Morton's not on the Rays anymore, what am I saying? I think that this team has potential to fight the Yankees for that top spot of the AL East. I really do. I think they're very talented at the plate. I don't know about that. I think they're very talented. I don't know about that. At the starting rotation. And I think that the Rays just find a way every year to win regular season games. They make the playoffs. It's what they do with their tiny budget. And yeah, they're, I don't, they just I don't know do. how they do it. I don't know how they do it every year. So I'm taking I'm taking the over. I'm taking the over 87 and a half of the Rays. I think it's do you think you can make the argument that the Rays are a top three organization developmentally wise with their players? Developmentally, absolutely. I, I think they is that a word? The only the only team that has I don't know, but we're using it. I'm gonna. I think on. the only team that has them beat would be the Houston Astros. Development. Hey, developmentally is a word. Look at that. There we go. I we think I, I I totally agree with you. I think they're up there with the Astros because, dude, they develop the shit out of their talent. It's unreal. They have guys you've never heard of that will come that will just show up, hit three three hundred with twenty home runs and twenty stolen bases, and you you will be like, who was that? A lot of these guys are. I mean, they're pretty much all homegrown talent. It's it's unreal. I'm going to disagree with you on the fact that I I I think they will be a wild card team. This is the Yankees division to run away with. I think even the Blue Jays don't really even stand a chance in this division. The Yankees are a monster of a team this year, a monster of a team. And I, and I agree with you. I think I think you can make the argument that with their best stuff, McClanahan and Cole in a game, I like that matchup any day. I would take the Rays over that. Mhm. Because I don't think Garrett Cole is that great of a pitcher, and I'm going to get shit for that. I would, I, I'm with you 100. percent I, I, but I do think overall he's, he's, he's the Yankees good, are a much stronger team. He's very good, but he's just not it for me. So, I'm so you're sorry, taking what, the under oh, for the race. I'm, I'm sorry. What was the, what was the over under again? I'm, I'm 87 and a half. I'm going to take the over on the on on 87 and a half. Okay. As I'm gonna to take. I'm, I'm gonna take the over on 87 and a half. I think. I think the Rays are 
I think that the Rays could absolutely be in the ballpark for 93, 94 wins somewhere in that region. I think the Yankees are going to win this division with over a hundred games. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind. This Yankees team doesn't put up over a hundred wins. And I don't think this Rays team is capable of it. And that's not to say they're not talented. The Yankees just have stars. It's that simple. It's fair. All right. To wrap up the AL East, we got the Toronto Blue Jays. 88 and a half wins is their projected win total. You know, the Toronto Blue Jays are they're very interesting because, you know, last year I really I really thought they were going to be a wagon, you know, signing Kevin Gosman and signing Jose Barrios. I thought that they were going to be very good. Jose Barrios was the worst pitcher in Major League Baseball statistically last he year. Was he was bad. the worst pitcher in Major League Baseball and pretty he was their number bad. 3 pitcher. They needed him, and he, and I think he's the X factor for this team this year. Is gonna be Jose Barrios. Can he pitch? Can he pitch? Because yes, they go out and they sign Chris Bassett, but Jose Barrios has potential to be so much better than Chris Bassett. He did not show that last year, but we have seen what he can do. When he was in Minnesota, he was very solid. He was throwing nasty stuff when he was in Minnesota. Moved to Toronto, and he just couldn't find it last year. If he is back on track, this team is scary. I think they'll win over 88 and a half games. And I think this is just another tough AL East team. I, I, I think that, you know, they traded for Dalton Varsho to round out their outfield. Vladdy's going to do what he does. Bo Bichette at short. You know, hopefully Springer can stay healthy for the whole year. This team is scary, man. Yeah, they are. They're definitely a scary team. And they just made that trade with um, with Arizona for uh, Dalton Varsho. And yeah. I think I think he's going to split time between um, the outfield and catcher. But look, th- th- this is this is this is a scary team. I don't think they necessarily scare me as much as the Rays do, though. The Rays have the Rays have depth. Not to say this team doesn't have depth. But we saw what happened last year when this team this team really came down to the stretch and they needed to produce. They still won 92 games. But they didn't really look like a 92-win team, did they? Let me be honest with me. Did this team look like a 92-win team? No, I don't think so, no. I don't want to call them frauds because I think that I think overall – Tampa Bay was an underperforming team for most of the season. They were very injured last year. Yeah, very injured. I think the Blue Jays, talent-wise, are the second-best team in the division. I think they'll finish third in the, the AL East this year. I'm going to take the over on their wins simply because of the roster they have and the fact that Major League Baseball has expanded the schedule for this upcoming season. So every team is going to be able to play each other. So there's a lot more room for the Blue Jays to go pick up more wins. Same with the Rays. I don't think they're going to be in the division race come the end of September. I think this is, I think that the real two contenders of this division are the Yankees and the Rays. I think the Blue Jays are a very good team. They're a very nice team to look at. Don't necessarily think they're going to be anything that's going to be seriously on anybody's radar come October. 
And I know that's a very hot take. It's it's a I very hot. It's it's I, a very hot was, take. Yeah, that was definitely hot. I I disagree with that, but because I think know. this whole team, this whole team is found on the production of Springer, Vladdy, Bobachet, Chapman, and these guys have all looked very, very average at most of the points of the season. Okay, yeah, just relax. Bobachet had his best the best season of his career last year. Uh, Vladdy Jr. two years ago was in in running for the MVP. So what are you saying? Average? These aren't average players. They have all. They have a team of all stars. They have a whole team of all stars. Alejandro Kirk last year was an all star. Vladdy has been an all star. Bobachet was an all star. Matt Chapman has been an all star. George Springer has been an all star. Right. Jose Barrios. Right. I'm no, pretty I'm, sure I'm has been an all star. Kevin Gosman has been an all star. I'm agreeing with so you. That this team can hit the ball defensively. They're, they're, there are liabilities. Which is why they went out and they signed Dalton Varsho to play in the outfield, who was the best defensive outfielder statistically last year, if you look it up by the metrics. Right. He was the best yeah. defensive outfielder. Yeah, so absolutely. They picked up an outfielder to help with the defense. They still Bobichette, have Kirk, who, 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 is, would have who won. was a top three catcher, too. Right. Bobichette, Chapman is solid at third. Bobachet would have been a above five war player had it not been for his defense. Okay, that's one player, and it's a little bit of defense. You know, I, I don't think that the slight edge that other teams have over them defensively is is going to be that big that they're not going to be competing in in this division. I think they're going to compete uh, with the Rays and the Yankees for the AL East title. And I I still disagree with you. I don't think it's the Yankees' division. A, a, like I don't think they're going to run away with it like they did last year. I think they will. I think they got better than last year. Well, we'll see what happens. I think there's no way that you can say that the Yankees are not better than they are last year and more set up in a better way than they were last year to run away with this division. I never said that. I never said, I'm not saying that they're not better than last year. What I'm saying is that they're not going to be as good as last year. Last year was, I mean, we haven't seen somebody Don't play say it was as a good as they played. I'm not, Chris. I mean, we saw the last two months of their season, so you're not. What do you mean? It, it's it's not a fluke. No team wins that many games in a with that many games in that short of a time without like some sort of luck. It's not because they were that good. Or if they were that good, they would have won the World Series. They did not. They shit the bed the last two months of the season. And came out with an okay, with a good record instead of record breaking record. And I'm not, and I'm not saying this. This Blue Jays team is not elite. I think they are elite. I just don't think they're on the level that the Yankees are. And I That's think, and, and, and I think a healthy Rays team is better than this Blue Jays team. Because beyond the star power that they have of their starting lineup, their depth is god awful. So if the Blue Jays, you know, some things don't go their way and they get hurt in the middle of the season, it could get ugly for them. It could. All right, let's move on to the NL East. Let's start off top with the Mets on the 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 NL East. The New York Metropolitans are set up for an over under of 97 and a half wins. 
I'm going to take the over on this strictly, and this isn't a, a, a biased pick here, because if we can win 101 games last year, mostly without a healthy DeGrom, mostly without a Carlos Correa figure in the lineup, if we get that deal done, I don't think there's any reason why we can't match the win total of last year. I agree with you there. Um, you know, the Mets this year, it, it's their World Series to lose, and it's World Series or bust until Steve Cohen sells the team, so pretty much when he dies. You know, it's World Series or busts, and I do think they're going to win over 100 games, so I am going to take the over on the 97 and a half. You know, this, this team, they're just good. They hit the ball. They can hit for power. They can hit for average. They can pitch. They got Edwin Diaz at the end of the bullpen. I mean, they adding Carlos Correa. I mean, we're we're here. We're assuming the Correa deal goes through. Signing a I've player been, like I've, that of that yeah. caliber, it, it, how could it not boost your team? I can't see them getting any worse than last year. So I'm definitely taking the over for the Mets. I think the the bullpen was one of the weaker points of our team last year. And we bulked that up by re-signing Diaz, Adovino, picking up David Robertson on a one-year deal, uh, Brooks Raley. I, I, I really don't see a reason why this team can't repeat as a 100-win team again. Agreed. Moving down in the division, let's go back to the um, the defending National League East champions the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves are set at a over-under of 94.5 wins. And look, this is, this is I think, I really think this division, I think the Phillies are really good. I think they're a very good team. I don't think they're on the same caliber as the Mets and the Braves are. I think the Braves, I think the, I think the Phillies are going to be a team that, and I, and I don't, I don't want to get too far away from the Braves at this rate. Divisionally wise, I think the Phillies are going to be a team that are barking up both of those teams the entire season, I think they're going to be a team that you don't see coming. Having said that, I'm taking the over with the Braves. I think with such a tight division, the Braves are going to make another move at some point in the season to bolster their roster. There's no way this team doesn't pick up over 94 and a half wins. They're probably going to win 100 this year. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, I do think the loss of Danzy Swanson is going to be felt a little bit, you know. Um, starting a rookie shortstop is always scary. So, you know, I don't know how that's going to go over for the Braves. I think losing Dansby in the year he had last year is, is really going to hurt them. And I, I do think this is another team where injuries could, could bite them. You know, Albies has had his injuries. Acuna, obviously we know, yeah. you know, we know his problems. Um, well, the first half but of on last the other, season uh, when they were injured, the, this was a team that looked very different. Yes, yes. Like, I, but as I was going to say, on the other hand, I don't see how this team doesn't win over ninety-four games. Um, it, this team is what we've seen the Braves do in the past couple of years has just been phenomenal. And this team has so much talent up and down the lineup, up and down that bullpen, up and down the starting rotation. I don't see how they don't win over ninety-four games. I completely agree, and with the addition of Sean Murphy behind the plate. I think that only made them better than they were in exactly. The so I'm we're both taking the, we're both in agreement on the the over for the Braves here. Mm-hmm. 
the Philadelphia Phillies. 86 and a half games. This is another this is another line where I think it's I think it it's almost disrespectful to that team. 86 and a half is a little disrespectful to the Phillies. You know what? It's disrespectful to a team who was just in the World Series. And but I I don't think it's disrespectful to the Phillies and and here's why. The Phillies of the playoffs were not the Phillies of the regular season. You know, if you watched the Phillies during the regular season, they were not the same team that came out in the playoffs. They no. didn't just did not play as well. And we saw that with their record. They did. They barely made it into the playoffs. They had to fight the last couple weeks of the season to make it into the playoffs. And they went on a run. You know, I understand the line 86 and a half. I, I do get it. <sighs> Like I really want—I don't know why. There's just this little voice in my head that's just saying like the Phillies are gonna disappoint me this year. I, I don't know why. I f- just f- I have this gut feeling that the Phillies are just gonna be so disappointing. Yeah. And because of the gut feeling, I'm gonna take the under on 86 and a half wins. I don't know why, but I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take the over on 86 and a half. I think they got. I think they got better than last year. Um, you can. They make definitely the did. They signed Trey Turner. Right, but you can make the argument that they got worse in some other spots too. Yeah. The loss of Syndergaard will be felt. They did sign Walker, but Walker is very inconsistent. When we saw him with the Mets, he, he first half of the year he could be an all-star pitcher, and the second half he could be a guy who's fighting for a five spot. Yeah, exactly. You know, so the, the I, Phillies I, are going to be a tough team. Yeah, and I, I don't blame you at all for taking the under on them because <laughs> it's, it's, it's a scary team to bet on. Yeah. Uh, I just Just think there's a lot of, I I just, I don't know. I I really like the duo of Turner and and Harper. I think, I think Trey Turner has the ability to, honestly, he could be a 30-30 guy. Absolutely. He could be. So we'll see what happens. I like, I like them. Look, this was a team that missed Harper for pretty much the majority of the year. And went on a nice run in the playoffs without him. So a healthy Harper in right. Schwarbo in the outfield, or he'll, he'll be DHing. Get Trey Turner in there in the mix. This team could definitely make some noise. And hey, I'm, I'm going to make a hot take here. I wouldn't rule the Phillies out to make a run at, at the NL East. You never know. You never know. Everything on paper agrees with you. I think they're set up to to make a a decent push for the division, and I think it's extremely disrespectful at that eighty six and a half line. But we'll, we'll definitely have to see. We'll definitely have to see what happens. Yeah. The Miami Marlins, seventy eight and a half wins. Yeah. I would love to hear what your opinions are on this team because. The Marlins are, yeah. they're such a, dude, this team should be so much better than they are. They have pitching. I, I, they have my pitching. Op- my opinion on this team is under. That's my opinion. One oh, word. I, I totally agree under. with you. I under, agree with you. under, 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 under. This team can't hit the ball. Point blank, period. Take it to the bank, cash it. That's it. 
The team can't hit the ball. They can't hit the ball. And they have no one to hit the ball. And they have yet to address the fact that nobody can hit the ball. It's that simple. It, it, it really is. And they signed Gene Segura this, to play shortstop for him this offseason. Whatever. Congratulations on Gene Segura. He looks like he's 40 when he's only like 35. Like, it's whatever. This team stinks. Besides their rotation, they have no one. I expect them to trade at least Pablo Lopez before the deadline. I think they should. So I think they I'm, should deal. I'm slamming the under. I think they should definitely deal Lopez. Here's a question I have for you. If you're ownership for the Marlins, do you lock Jazz Chisholm up for a long-term deal? I thought he already was. I don't believe so. I'm going to fact check this now. But if he is for, for, for argument's no. sake, for, your, for argument's sake. I would say no. I would say no. I'm not a fan of Jazz, honestly. Um, you know, it, it depends what, what long term is, you, you know, I, he's still young. I, I think he's still in arbitration. So I, he I is. he's still, not... in, he's still, he's still in arbitration. He has not signed a, a deal yet. He is, uh, due to hit the open market as an unrestricted free agent in 2027. Yeah. See, I, I really wouldn't, I would let him go through arbitration because he, I mean, you saw last year, he had a lot of injury problems and your team is still struggling. Like your right. team is is still not whole. It, without him, your team is not that much worse. Honestly, like you're obviously you're not any better, but you're really not that much worse. He doesn't. I, yeah, I totally agree. Provide yeah, I totally agree. that you know you know he's not an MVP caliber player. He's he's a very very solid second baseman, but he's not someone who can carry the team. So n- no, I would say well, I wouldn't lock him up. And, you know, they're really going to struggle this year. I really think the Marlins are going to be quite bad. So I, I have another another take here on, on the Marlins. If I'm Marlins ownership, okay, I'm not, I'm not saying I throw the house at Jazz Chisholm. I definitely sign him to a long-term deal because he already seems to be becoming somewhat of a face of that franchise. And I think he's a good guy to build around. I don't necessarily think he is a... Francisco Lindor to build around or a Carlos Correa to build around or an Aaron judge. I think he's a good player, very good, solid player to build around offensively and defensively for this team. He does have pop in his bat. He does have a great glove. Now, obviously the big name on this team that everyone is, is questioning about is either going to be Alcantara or it's going to be Pablo Lopez. Lopez is obviously going to, probably be dealt at some point in this season. Alcantara has to be a guy that they have to lock up. They have to lock up. I agree with that. I agree with you. You have to lock him up. He has to be your pitcher for the future. Pablo Lopez, if he's not traded by the deadline, I will be shocked. And if he isn't, then Marlon's ownership or the Marlon's GM is doing something completely wrong. Which it doesn't really make sense to me. And And Alcantara just, he, they have to lock him up. I'm very confused as to why this team has trouble drawing talent in. Besides the fact of ownership, this this the city is great. I mean, you look at what other teams are doing in this in that city. The Dolphins are a very attractive team for players to go to. The Miami Heat are teams that players seek to go to in their careers. With and that ownership is great. 
I don't understand why the the Miami Marlins as a brand haven't attracted anybody to spend money on, to be frank. That's fair. I don't know. I I don't know. They're and and I'll I'll get I'll, I'll throw another hot take out there for you. You want to know about a team who has nothing to lose and who should probably sign somebody who just hit the open market or will when they get cut? Why not take a chance on Trevor Bauer? What do you have to lose? There's no point. There's no point. Why? I don't need pitching. Why? If he was a hitter, maybe. Right, but w- w- there, there's no, there's no. He doesn't fit there. He doesn't fit there. I think he fits. Other I understand. Places, he probably wants to go there's... to. He probably wants to go to a contender, sure. But a contender's not going to give him that much money. Why not throw? A few I personally million at think him? he should go back to Cleveland. That's not a bad take. I just think there's I nothing. Think there's there's nothing. There's. He's obviously going to be a PR nightmare for a lot of teams, and they're probably not going to want to take on that headache. I, the Marlins are a team that can afford a headache, honestly, because most they've heard it the, enough. Most, most likely, the Padres will go and offer him a hundred million dollars. Well, no w- what I've been seeing is so he'll be owed, I think, around twenty million by the Dodgers if they decide to cut him, which all signs have been pointing that way. It looks like after that rate, after a player is suspended, they can be. Um, assigned the league minimum, which I think is seven hundred and fifty thousand for someone who is suspended, and yeah. for a veteran player, I should say. Yeah. So he'll probably make somewhere ballpark around that, which which is why I say as a, as a team with the Marlins not a high, with not that high of a payroll, why not go throw a few million at him? That's just my opinion on it. It's not going to happen, but why not? It's fun to it's fun to have those ideas. I'll kick it back to you in the American League now. I forgot about the Nationals. Oh, fuck. Sorry, they're so easy to forget. They're not a real baseball team. <laughs> they fucking suck. Yeah, 58 uh, and a half we should wins. take 20 seconds for this one. 58 and a half fucking wins. There's no way that's a fucking real line. 58 and a half. I'm taking the under still. I'm going to, I mean. I, I honestly I, think this team I, needs I, 45 I, games. I'm not kidding. I, 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 I mean, God. They won 55 games last year. It's like, dude, come on. And they're not any better. They're not a real baseball team, Zach. They're exactly. not a real baseball Under. team. Anyone in Under. that area who's a baseball fan is a Baltimore Oriole fan. They're Yo, not a real team. Why are you team. so mad? Why are you mad? Because because this this no this fan base has constantly berated Mets fans because they think that well, they're better they because they stumbled Series, upon they stumbled upon Strasburg and they stumbled upon Harper. Well, where are those guys now, Washington? They left because you're not a real franchise. But they got the World Series, so they don't really care, I don't think. When's the last time the Mets won one? You're right. We should move on. You should, we, should, wait, wait, we should move on to the AL Central. We should move on. We should move on. I don't want to get you that mad. AL Central. Fuck the Washington Nationals. <laughs> AL Central. We're going to start with, you know, I, I think the X factor in the AL Central, and that's the Chicago White Sox. The Chicago White Sox, their line is at 85 and a half wins. And I think I think they're gonna go I think they're gonna go over. I think they're gonna go over. I, I, I think we were we were all one year early on the White Sox, and you know, they needed that ass kick year with Tony LaRusa as their coach yeah. to hit the stride. And I, they signed Andrew Benintendi, they signed Clevenger, they have a couple arms. They're they're looking a lot better. 
I agree with you. I think and, they're going to you know, be. I a, think they're going to be a better team. That they're going to. They're going to. I think they're going to go over eighty five. I think they're going to go over eighty five wins, and I think they're going to win this division. I really like the the White Sox. I think this division is set up perfectly for a team like the White Sox to win. It's not that strong of a division. Looking at it, I mean, the Guardians are obviously a very talented young team, but this team has experience now. I mean, like you said, you know, they might have needed another year. Is it pretty set in stone now? that the White Sox aren't looking to move Liam Hendricks or is that something that's still on the table? I think it's something that's still on the table. Yeah. I mean, honestly, honestly, it's, it's not a bad move for them to go get more depth. I'm, I'm sure they're going to want another bat for him. I, I do think, I do think they should deal him for, for another bat, um, preferably a lefty. This, this, you know this this lineup lacks a lefty. That's why they went out and signed Benintendi. Um, and you know, I do they think they made... should deal Hendricks. He's someone who's yeah. I agree. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, no, I, no. I'm, I'm sorry. Ahead. I didn't want to interrupt. I was just going to say, can we talk about how they made a very underrated move this offseason in getting Clevenger? I think he's a guy that everyone's forgotten about. It's because he hasn't pitched. He he is because he hasn't pitched, and when he did pitch in San Diego, it, it wasn't great. No, it wasn't great. He but... hasn't been the same since Cleveland. No, but you never know. Some guys need to change the scenery. And I'm not saying he's going to be the, the guy who pushes them over into the division. I'm just saying, like, this could be a very underrated move come later in the season. I'm with you. All right, so, next up, we got the Cleveland Guardians. Sorry, we're both taking the over on that Cleveland team, right? On, on the White Sox? Yeah, we both took the over, yeah. Sweet. Did love you it. say that? Love it, love it. Right. Guardians are set at 81 and a half. And, you know, it, it's surprisingly lower than I thought. It, it, it's lower than the White Sox, and it's also lower than the Twins, which I think is very surprising because the Guardians did win this division last year, and they proved to be a very good team. They did sign Josh Bell, so they got a little more power. I'm sure Jose Ramirez is going to be another MVP candidate. Yeah. So I like the Guardians over here. I, I I do. I think the eighty one is a little disrespectful. I think they're probably going to be closer to where the White Sox are projected about eighty five. I want to hear I, what I, you I think about agree. the Guardians because, yeah, because this was a playoff team last year and a good playoff team. I think they're very young, very. I don't want to say experienced team because they don't have that experience, but they. Like, dude, they looked really confident in the playoffs for a team that is the young. I think their average age last year was twenty four. You know why? They you looked, know why? You want my opinion on why they look so calm? Is it Terry Francona? It is Terry Francona. <laughs> Terry Francona is is just is literally just one of the best coaches of all time, and dude, he he's, had he's this team, even though so young, so prepared for that those playoff games, and I think they play. In such a way that you know it, it's it's low risk, low reward. You know they hit a lot of a lot of balls, singles. They hit for average. They steal bases. They would bunt. This is a team that if you like old school scrappy baseball, you love this team, and that's why I love the love the Cleveland Guardians. You know, I love the hitting for average and just trying to hit guys around. Apparently, not apparently. We know that doesn't work in the playoffs. You need that power. That's why I like that they went out and they signed Josh Bell to get that power. They have Jose Ramirez yeah. too, Josh Naylor, 
I think this team is going to go over 81 wins, and them and the White Sox are going to be fighting to win this division. You forgot about a little guy called Stephen Kwan out in the outfield who's an absolute stud out in center. I think this team, oh and look, you, you, you've heard me have this take, excuse me, you've heard me have this take in the past. I'm not saying I regret the Lindor trade. I'm just saying I wish we worked some pieces around to leave Jimenez out of that deal. He is very yep. good, dude. He's very good. Yep. They're going to be good. They're going to be very good. Tristan McKenzie, Bieber. These guys are good, dude. Class A to round out that bullpen. Mm-hmm. Cal Quantrill, he pitched very well last year. James Karinchek, very good reliever. I think this team absolutely wins over 81 and a half. That was what the line was at, right? Disrespectful. Disrespectful. And you know what? I'm saying it now. I'm picking the Guardians to win the AL Central. Are you really? Going back to back. I know the White Sox are very promising. I thought you just picked the White Sox. I changed my mind. I changed my mind. You talked me into it. You talked me into Terry Francona and his... I don't even know if he's bald, but he looks bald on his head, and I love it, and I want all of it. I want all of the Guardians this year in the division. The AL Central runs through Cleveland. All right. Next up is, you know, a a sad team, the Detroit Tigers. So sad, dude. The Tigers are so sad. You know, they signed Javi Baez, hoping he would be good. He was terrible. Couldn't hit the ball last year. One of the worst hitters statistically highest strikeout rate i'm pretty sure in the league you know they they wanted young guys like riley green and spencer spencer torkelson to come up torkelson got sent back down at in the you know mid-year last year that's no good riley green had a hot start fizzled bad got sent back down this team disappointed they're going to disappoint again their line is set at 68 and a half i think this is more like a 60 win team i'm taking the under them and the Royals in this division is just sad. So this is this is a this is a Miguel Cabrera uh, farewell season. So that's the only reason why anyone would be paying attention to this team. Uh, and Miggy, dude, like Miggy's Miggy's the man. So it'll be sick to watch him go out. But I completely agree with you. This is a team who will struggle to win probably even sixty games this year. You can make the argument. Yep. So there's not much to say about this team, but I'm taking the under on their wins. And not much to say about this next team either, and that's the Kansas City Royals. Who I like their pieces. I like their pieces. Their projected win total is 66 and a half. And not saying that the Royals don't have pieces, because they do. They have a lot of young guys that are going to come up. You know, I, I love Brady Singer, but you need another pitcher besides Brady Singer. Yeah. They need another pitcher. They only have Brady Singer. Yeah. No, and they I have agree. a couple of other young guys like Bobby Witt, you know, that are going to come up. And Bobby Witt looked good last year. He looked he looked good, and Nicky I think he's Lopez. Gonna, I think he's going to be a lot better. And I think their young guys are obviously going to carry this team. I do think it's just too young of a team to compete in this league at this time. I think the Royals' time is going to be more in the five to seven year window. So I'm taking the under on the sixty six and a half as well. I think them and the Tigers are going to be fighting for the bottom spot in this league, in this division. I agree with that. I think the uh, this is this is this is a sad team, man. This yeah, is it's a just sad a sad team. But this is a sad team with with a good direction. You know, they ha- they do have young pieces that have looked good, so they have something to look forward to. I'm very high on Brady Singer, so 
I think he's going to be a very good pitcher. He's a them. stud. He's a very good pitcher. And I think Bobby Witt, very good piece. Look, take it was it take it take it as it is, Royals fans. This is a rebuilding year. Get some draft picks. Get in the draft. Build some pieces up. I'm taking yep. the under. To round out the AL Central, the Minnesota Twins. Minnesota Twins win total is set at 84 and a half. And you know, Chris, I, I really think this is giving the Twins the benefit of the doubt. I mean, I don't think this is an 84 win team. I really don't. I, okay. I think they they lack yeah. a lot of talent. They lack a lot of power. They signed Joey Gallo. Uh, congratulations, but you lost Carlos Correa. Yeah, you know the the the, the rotation has its problems. You know, Sonny Gray is in there. Like, ew. You just you don't want to see that. I really don't like the Twins this year. I don't think they're going to be very good. I think this is the White Sox and the Guardians division to run away with this year. That's why I'm taking the under on 84 wins for the Twins. I just don't see them, you know, repeating the year they had last year. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that. I think the I think the Twins are going to win over 80 games. I don't think they're going to win over 84. Ah, uh, this is this is just such a tough. I have a question for you. Let's say the Correa deal falls through, which I think I think at this rate it makes sense for both parties, being Cohen and Correa and Boris, to get a deal done. Let's say in 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 in, in some scenario this deal falls through, and the Twins resign him, which I think if this deal does fall through, I would likely say that the they would be the favorites. Agreed. To sign him. Does this does this change your opinion on the team at all? No, because I just don't think it's going to fall through. I think Correa is pretty much a met already. Okay, but um, hypothetically, would would it change your opinion? Because for me, it really um, doesn't. Even at that, rate. I don't really think it changes that much. No, I think they still have so many problems with the rotation. I I don't expect Luis Arise to to almost win a batting title again this year. So, and no, I I still would probably take the under even even with Carlos Correa. I agree with that, hundred percent. All right, and now Central. Okay, let's start it off with the with the team in the Central who made made a decent amount of noise this year, and I didn't really think they were going to make that much noise. The Chicago Cubs, 65 and a half, and I will tell you right now, Zach, I am slamming the over on 65 and a half, baby. This is the worst over I have ever heard in my life. I don't know how. It's possible that this line is set at 65 wins. I will tell you this. If you hand me this line any day of the week, I'm taking this seven days a week, twice on Saturdays. Vegas, watch out, because I'm about to steal your money with this line. 65 and a half? Dude, this is a criminally low line for the Chicago Cubs team who... Do you know the upside with this team, with Bellinger and Swanson now on the roster? We're talking about two, maybe, I mean, definitely one MVP caliber player. I know he's had a kind of a crappy few last two years, two, three years. But Swanson, dude, he can he can have a year and win an MVP. What's stopping him? I I, I do. I th- I think this this line is criminal. Absolutely. 
the, the moves that the Cubs made this year, they only made themselves so that much better. You know, you, you sign a former MVP in, in Cody Bellinger, and obviously we, he hasn't been a former MVP, but sometimes, like you said before, it is just that quick change of scenery that a guy needs to just get it going. You know, with how good the Dodgers are at developing people and, and you know, fixing swings and, you know, they're so technical what they do over there. I don't know how he's going to fix it in Chicago if he didn't do it in L.A. Yeah. But, you know, you signed Bellinger. You got Swanson. And then, I mean, you signed Tyone for your starting rotation. You know, I think this team has a lot of upside. I do like that they have Nico Horner, who's now going to play second base. A great prospect coming up for them. Him and Dansby, I think, are going to be great up the middle. And dude, you still have you still have Ian Happ in center. Exactly, this team has pieces. They're they'll they're definitely you know lacking in the pitching department, but I think over what was it sixty four wins, sixty five and a half, over sixty five. I th- I think that's I think that's easy. Absolutely. Let's move it on down to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh Pirates. 67 and a half and I'm slamming I, I, I I'm I'm slamming the under on this I think I think 100 yeah I I think I'm with you they, they have some young guys coming up um you know Jiwon Bay and you know o- O'Neill Cruz you're gonna get a full season of him but you know I, I really don't think the the Pirates are are in it to win it this year you know there's they're talking about tra- trading Brian Reynolds you know that's really their only you know all-star caliber player I'm I'm also with you. I'm going under 67 and a half for the Pirates. Yeah, I mean, you can make the argument that uh, Key Brian Hayes is a is an all-star player, but uh, Oh, yes, it, yeah. It, it, it's it's not going to affect the my opinion too much on the team. I'm taking the under on the on the Pittsburgh Pirates. Although it, it it's a shame that they great city, great stadium, probably one of the cooler uniforms in the league that ownership. It's another one with the Marlins who should probably um get out and let someone else spend money on that team. Yep. Let's go up to Milwaukee, eighty-eight and a half for the Brew Crew. And this is this is one that scares me because I don't really know where they stand because there's rumors every day that the the Brewers could be dealing somebody and breaking the whole yeah. system down. I'm with you. I, I don't understand where the Brewers are, what the Brewers are doing, really. You know. Um, you know they made some good moves. I I think I, I think getting William Contreras is a good move for them. I think he's a good power hitter, and he just he he strikes me. At, I I had this take when he signed. He just looks like a brewer. I yeah. don't know why, but he just feels like a brewer, and I think he's going to be very good for them. They obviously still have Corbin Burns in their rotation. They still have um, I'm blanking on his name. Who is next to Corbin Burns? Who's the other pitcher, Chris? Woodruff. Brandon Woodruff, thank you. You know, those are two very solid pitchers. Hopefully Christian Yelich can do something for them in the outfield. You know, they lose Hunter Renfro, but I still think that the Brewers are going to be pretty good this year. 88 games, I think, you know, this is honestly probably the toughest line that we've had so far. They went they went 86 and in 76 last year for reference zach yeah that this is a tough one this is a tough one this will probably be the and let me say this before we make our picks okay i think it's a very real possibility that this team is very good this year i think it's also a real possibility that they are very bad this year agreed that's why i think it's so hard i I, I I think in the instance that they're they're bad they sell 
they sell everything. I think it could be a fire sale if they're bad. Me too. And I think I think we're talking definitely Woodruff gone. You can maybe even make the argument that Burns is out the door. Yep, and I think Yelich is going right with them in a package to get rid of his contract because it's too expensive for them. So I'm going to get the ball rolling here, Zach, on this one. I am taking the under on the Brew Crew at 88.5. You know, I'm going to regret this, but I'm going to take the over just because you took the under. I'm just going to go opposite of you. I I really can't make up my mind, but I'm just going to go opposite of you. That's fair enough, fair enough. Cincinnati Reds, 65.5. It's it's another team, man. This is another another, one of those teams where I'm just going to take the under and I'm going to say have a good day. We'll see you next year, Cincinnati. This has to be one of Joey Votto's last seasons. He's a fun player to watch, but um, it's not going to affect my opinion on the team too much. He's one of my favorite players ever, dude. If you yeah. look at some of like his crazy stats, like it's so funny. No, Joey Votto. Do you think Joey Votto's a, a Hall of Famer? I, I think so. It's it's but it's it's definitely going to be a hot topic whole, when, so when, when that time comes around. These. But he's also a lovable guy. Everybody loves Joey Votto. Everybody loves Joey Votto. I mean, how can you not? He's a fun guy to be around. It seems like. Yep. Um, but I, I'm with you on this Reds team. You know, they're very boring. Jonathan India won, you know, rookie of the year a couple of years ago, and he just didn't follow that up last season. Yep. You know, they looked very bad last season. They have a couple young guys coming up, like uh, Hunter Green. He's very he's going to be very good for them. Uh, but I don't really see them making any noise. I don't definitely don't see them winning over 65 games. I'm yeah. taking the under. If you, if any, by the way, if anyone out there wants free money right now, uh, Jonathan India is a Mets killer. So anytime he plays the Mets, bet him to do literally whatever. Cycle, he'll hit the cycle. I'm exaggerating. Don't, don't, don't quote me on that. Uh, I'm taking the under on the Reds as well. All right, let's round out the Central with who I think will win the NL Central and the obvious outstanding favorites to win the division, the St. Louis Cardinals, 86 and a half wins. I think this is a little low for this team. Uh, the Cardinals went 93 and 69 last year. I think this is, this is criminally low actually looking at it now. You know, I do, I do think it's low as well, but I, I think there are some worries with the Cardinals and, and it, boils down to that starting rotation. You know, that rotation, it's missing something. It really is. You know, they lose Quintana. He goes to the Mets. That was a great trade for them at the trade deadline during their playoff push last year. You know, they get Wayno for another year. The guy's 40-something years old. You know, Flaherty, they still have him. I mean, they just they have a couple guys the cardinals but all in all they don't really have that guy in their rotation that you can be like here's game one of the playoffs here's the ball go get me a win mm-hmm. they don't have that guy and i i think that that really scares them and it's going to scare you know it's going to scare them when it's becoming the playoff push and they just don't have an ace pitcher yeah uh, I still do think they'll win over 86 games. I think their offense will carry them to a lot of wins. You know, they have MVP caliber players in Arenado and Goldschmidt on that team. Tommy Edmonds going to lock it up at shortstop. I think this team is going to be still very good this year, but I, 
do think when it comes to the playoffs, we're going to see an early exit from them again, same as we did this year. I know Jordan Hicks was a guy that struggled in the rotation. I honestly think he, I mean, dude, he, he struggled pretty bad in the rotation at the at the beginning of last season. But I think honestly, with the loss of Quintana and the lack of depth in the rotation and obviously this is, you know, looking in house for this and not looking to make a trade. I think maybe, you know, why not give him a shot at the, to make the rotation in spring. He's a guy who has the right stuff for it. He definitely, you know, that, that's what I was just about to say, Chris. He he has the stuff. He has he definitely has the stuff. I don't think he has the command. Is going to be the problem. Uh, this, but the stuff is there. You know, the, the velocity on the fastball is is near the hundreds, and you know, he's we've seen what he's been able to do out of the pen, and I think he's a very good pitcher. I think the only problem with him is going to be the command, mm-hmm. and. You know, that's something that they can work on. But I, I do see what you're saying. He would be a good guy to, you know, try to build into this rotation just to get that extra arm. I do think there's a couple guys still, you know, free agents that they could go and sign. I wouldn't mind them go and, you know, re- get get Michael Walker back. Why not? A little reunion in St. Louis. I just think they need more arms that can eat innings for them on this team. Uh I would love, love to see them try to trade for like Pablo Lopez. That would be, I think Pablo Lopez fits this team great. They need a power lefty. Um, yeah, and and I think if they do make that move, they 100% will go over 86 and a half. That's why I'm taking that over. Yeah, I agree. I'm taking the over and I'm taking the Cardinals to win the uh, NL Central. Let's go out west, baby. The Let's AL West. We got a couple interesting teams in the West. We're going to start with the defending champions. That's the Houston Astros. The Houston uh-huh. Astros line is set at one hundred and one and a half games. Pretend <laughs> anyone seen Jake's face when I made that. <laughs> Jake, did you think that was real? Oh man! Having trouble me on me, I'm like, yes, I thought that was one hundred percent. <laughs> someone's someone's gonna be driving oh someone's gonna be driving or doing something and they're just gonna hear that noise and they're gonna be like what was that? What was that? <laughs> no that's that my astros noise anytime i hear the astros i don't hit a trash can i fart the houston astros the defending champs 101 and a half you know this is tough because you know, you lose a guy like Justin Verlander, and you you want to say that the team is going to be so much worse, but I really feel like they're not going to be so much worse. I think they're going to be the same team just without Justin Verlander. You know, they still have great pitchers in you know Framber Valdez, Lance McCullers, uh, uh, Christian Javier. They have great pitchers still. I think this team. It's still bound to win over 100 games. I'm actually taking the over on the one-on-one and a half. I don't know why, but I am. This team just hits the ball. Signing Jose Abreu is insane. That's another MVP player on their team. You know, the Astros, they're just loaded. They're loaded. I 100% agree with you. Uh, 
let me let me let me um take you through this real quick. So I I honestly think the Astros are still the best team in the league. I think they're probably set up for another World Series run. The reason they let Verlander go is because they could afford to let him go. They got six arms ready to go. Probably one of the better bullpens, excuse me, rotations in the American League. Valdez, McCullers, Javier, Garcia, Brown. I mean, these are guys who are Hunter just... Brown is going to be big this year. I think he's going to come up and be a stud for them. They're all great starters. There's There doesn't seem to be one real hole on this team that really makes me say that they're not going to be better than they were last year or worse than they were last year. I think they're going to be the same team that they were last year, either with even without uh, Cy Young winner Justin Verlander. I think they are set up for another AL West title and probably another run to the ALCS. Agreed. Absolutely. And that'll be seven straight for them. So I don't love them, but you gotta, you gotta appreciate what they're doing over there. They're, they're, they are they're so good. good, man. They're very good. They are so good. It's like it, it. They are so good. They're very good. All right. Next is you know another sad team. You know we've talked a lot about the sad teams. You know another sad team, and that team is the Oakland Athletics. Oh God! Just <laughs> skip them. Skip. 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 Under. Under. Yeah, under. No, we gotta, under. We gotta talk about them. Come on, the Athletics. Sell the team, dude. To, Sell this win. team. Please, dude. The A's are one they're of the best. They're going to move to Vegas. It's okay. And no, I don't even think they necessarily need to make the move, dude. They, 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 the A's have such a passionate fan base, dude. The people who go to those A games, A's games, they're probably the most passionate fans in baseball. A's fans are very passionate, and they really have absolutely no one to root for, and I feel kind of bad. But, like, they just suck, dude. They they just suck. John Fisher, the owner of the Athletics, needs to sell this team now. Get out of that dump of a stadium you have in Oakland. And give these fans a reason to cheer. This team is so good, dude. They have, they had, look at the talent that they've had walk out their door in the past decade. Yeah. Josh Donaldson. Josh Hamilton. Marte. They've had they've had guys there. They can't keep them there. They don't Murphy. want to keep them there. It's the athletics thing. That's what they do. That's how it works, buddy. I, I it, it's sad. I hate that we have this this team in in our league, but we do, and it's it, it is very sad. But there they are, and they're gonna win less than fifty eight games next year. There's no question in my mind that they're probably gonna win forty five games and. I wish MLB had relegation because it, this team is just sad and I don't want them in the league anymore. This team could use a year in AAA. I'm slamming the under. I don't even know what the over-under is. Just slam the under because this team, will be, this team will be worse than they were last year. And I feel bad for A's fans. Hang in there. There's, I, I want to say there's light at the end of the tunnel, but I don't know when it's coming. So Yeah, I don't know if there really is light at the end of the tunnel for the for the A's. I, I I mean I wish there was, wish I could tell them there was. Poor A's fans, go watch Moneyball or something for the next four <laughs> years. All right, so the next team, 
is one of the more interesting teams in the MLB, and that's the Texas Rangers. This team you know, the is Texas very Rangers, interesting. The Texas Rangers, I do think, could make some noise. You know, are, are they going to make noise by like by coming close to the Astros and, and the Mariners in this division? I don't think so. But I do think they're going to be a team that a lot of people are talking about because I think they're going to be a lot better. You know, you sign Jacob deGrom, you're going to get better. You sign Nathan Neovaldi, you sign Jake Odorizzi, you re-sign Martin Perez. They address the problems in the starting rotation like we talked about last episode. And they still have their $500 million men up the middle in Marcus Semien and Corey Seager. Yeah, I think this team is still – I think they're going to make some noise. 74.5 is their win total projection. I'm going to take the over on 74.5. It, it's going to be tough for them, but I do think they're going to just beat out that 74.5 number, probably about 76 wins, 77 maybe. And, you know, I, I'm excited to watch this Rangers team, you know, for the first time since Josh Hamilton. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch them. I really think that, you know, I think they could definitely make some noise. I think they could even be a wild card team. I don't think that's out of the question yet. And I know I know we spoke about this um in a prior episode. I think this is a a team who again could probably use the services of Bauer. Uh I think they're a team who probably can take on the the PR headache that, you know, signing him would initially bring on in those initial headwinds. But I think the I think you know the Rangers are a very good team. They obviously have talent. They obviously spent last off season, spent this off season, have a very good rotation if healthy. If healthy, this could probably be one of the top ten bullpen. Or excuse me, I keep saying bullpens. Rotations okay. in the league. Um, and yet again, it's all it's all contingent on whether Jacob Degrom is on the field or not because if he is on the mound every five days for the Texas Rangers, he is the best pitcher on the planet. Agreed. They gotta stay healthy. So I'm gonna take the over for the Rangers. And I'm actually I'm I'm if DeGrom is healthy, I am very confident in this pick. Yep. Next up, Seattle Mariners. Love this team. Love this 86 team. and a half is the projection and I'm with you. I love this team. I think that they are just going to take off this year. J Rod is a future AL MVP. I am, you know, let me tell you something, Chris. I am obsessed with this rotation. Besides maybe Robbie Ray, I am obsessed with Luis Castillo. I'm obsessed with George, uh, George Gilbert, and I'm obsessed with Kirby. George Kirby, I'm sorry. I'm obsessed with Kirby and. Gilbert and Castillo. I love this team. Ray, when he's good, is so good. J Rod is an MVP type of player. He is yeah, another agree. player who could easily go 30 30, and you would not blink an eye. I love this team going over, over 86 and a half. I love this team. I think this team could very possibly come close to the Astros and scare them for a little bit. I think they I don't scare think them I don't too. think they're going to they're going to beat them, but I do think this team could scare the Astros in the division for a little bit. This team gives me very much of 2020 
actually, you know what? I'll say like 2019, 2020, 2021 vibes of Padres to the Dodgers, where the Dodgers were running away with the division, but there was always the Padres there to play them, you know, every so often in the division, and they would make some noise and it would be a good rivalry. Yep. I like, I like, I think it's going to be the same thing in the AL West here with the, the Mariners and the Astros. I think the Astros are way too deep to, to you know, not take them as the division uh, leaders and the ultimate champions of the AL West. I think if a few things break the Mariners' way, I don't think it's a crazy thing to say that coming down the stretch could be a fight for the division. Don't think that'll be the case, but I think the Mariners are setting themselves up for a great future, and this could be their division in the coming years. I I, I agree with you. I, th- I think they're I think they're set up for the next couple of years to be very good. And I'll tell you this, Zach. I don't know necessarily know if this is a hot take. If the Mariners win totals at ninety and a half, I'm still taking the over on them. I think I, I agree with you. I think they're they're a ninety three to ninety five win team. I really do. You know, and, and that that's that takes us to our last team for the AL. One of the most disappointing teams in the world. Say it with me. The Los, the Los Angeles, Angeles Angels. Angels. The Los Angeles Angels have the two best players in baseball, period. The two best players I've ever seen with my eyeballs. I, have had, I haven't had the a privilege. A lot of people. And I'm going to call that a privilege to see Trout or Otani yet. I, I agreed. It is a privilege to watch these people play baseball. And let me tell you something. The Los Angeles Angels disappoint them every year. They make bad contract. They have bad contracts. They make bad moves. They don't try to build their team the good, the right way. They have too many injury problems. The Angels are just a, a, an annoying organization. And it's not it's that not for a said, lack of talent for for damn sure. I mean, this is a team that went out and signed Rendon on the open market as well as Otani. Exactly, and, and, and this offseason they made moves to a massive contract. So this they isn't need- a team that's afraid to spend or afraid to say, hey, we're ready to win. This is a team who, could you say they, they're cursed? Uh, I don't even, I, I don't think they're cursed. I just don't even know what's wrong with this team. It, they made moves this offseason, and we'll see how it goes. But I feel like every offseason, all we do is try to reconvince ourselves that the Angels are going to be good this year. 100%. And every single year, they're still bad. Every year... Like we say, oh, they have Mike Trout. How could they be that bad? And now for the past couple of years, we've been saying, oh, they have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. How can they be that bad? They're that bad, and they're going to be that bad. I yeah. have to take the under on 75 and a half wins. I have to because I every year I think they're going to go over their win total, and they go under. So I have to take the under, but it kills me to take it because they signed Hunter Renfro. They signed Noah Syndergaard. They signed Gio Urshela. They signed guys to play on this team every day. But I still think it's not going to work out for them. So I'm going to take the over on 75 and a half. And I'm going to tell you why. I think this being a a contract year for Otani, I think they're afraid that he's going to walk. And I don't think they, I think they realize how big of a brand image he is for this team. I think this is this is the year where the Angels really say, "Look, like it's got to, it's all got to go on the table now. It's now or never." 
I'm not saying they're going to win a World Series this year. I think this is a year where they have to prove it to these talented guys like Trout, like Otani, before they say, I want to get the hell out of uh, Los Angeles. I think this is this is the year with the, where management and ownership has to really put their foot in the ground and saying we have to we have to trade for some pieces. They haven't done anything really significant this offseason yet. I think the team is probably waiting to see if they're going to overperform or underperform. Obviously, historically, they're probably going to underperform. So I think it's time maybe to look in the trade market. Going to take the over on 75 and a half. I'm not confident on them winning over 80 games. But I think this is the year that the Angels are going to have to go prove to this talent why people should be staying in Los Angeles. That's fair. I really, I really hope they do. I, w- I hope they do. Let's move over to the NL West, and we'll wrap up our main segment of the day. Let's start off with the defending champions in the NL West, the Los Angeles Dodgers, 103.5 wins on the over-under line. This is, this is a tough line because it's just a lot of wins, dude. I'll tell you right. I'll tell you right off the bat. I'm taking the under. I'm probably gonna have to take the under on this because it's just a lot of wins. I just think I agree. I think it's just a lot of wins. I, this team made. Don't forget, this team made zero moves this off season. The only thing they well, did. I mean, was, they didn't really need to go do anything crazy. I know, but Mookie, I, what? Freddie. The only Kershaw, thing they did this offseason is they lose Tyler Anderson and they swap jd martinez and justin turner that's it i do think jd martinez yeah. is going to be a lot better for the dodgers than he was for the red sox last year but i think just one 104 wins is just it's too many especially for this division you know they're gonna have to play the padres a lot another team that's gonna be in contention for 100 wins i think i just think the dodgers are gonna go under you know it's tough to you know win 100 games back-to-back years and yeah, we saw the juggernaut of team they were last year. I just I don't see them really keeping it going. Even though I do think they're still one of the best teams in the league. Fuck, I'm I'm taking I'm I'm switching my pick. I'm taking the over. I I I'm taking the over. I still think it's their division to lose. I still see. Oh, yeah, I still I, see I'm, them. I'm with you. I still have them winning the division, just not with 104 wins. So I'm gonna take the the over on the Dodgers. Uh, it's obviously we we know the deal with them. They're just an absolute monster of a team over there in in California. Is, I'm I'm being dumb. That's sad. That's Southern California. I'm I'm an idiot. Um, let's go up north. I was I was trying to do a little geography in my head, Zach, for a yeah, second. Yeah, but if you don't know geography, was, you should just probably shouldn't no. Make I'm not. I'm jokes. not. I'm not that bad at geography. I'm just trying to do just some. Say. I'm just trying to. The, the wheels weren't turning as fast as I hoped they would. Let's go up north to San Fran. The Giants, 86 and a half. Tough offseason for this team. They lose out on their big, big, big acquisition that we all thought that this was probably, not a lock, but we probably thought this was going to happen. Judge, we lose out on Judge. Correa, red flagged there. And their big piece, Michael Conforto. Michael Conforto and Mitch Haniger. That's what they did this offseason. Under. That's what they did. Under. 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 We don't really need to talk much about that team. I don't really need to talk much about that. 75 games. 
point. You, you, do you want it. to talk more about the scene? Because I honestly have nothing to say besides the fact that it's it's. No, I, they, I, they, I don't they know lack they doing. lack pitching. They lack a lot of things in the infield. I don't think they're going to be very strong. I think they'll probably win 75, 75 games under. I believe this will be one of the first seasons. No, second year because Joey Bart played a full year last year. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens with him. He's uh, was one of the higher prospects in not only the Giants system but I think in baseball. Correct me if yeah. I'm wrong. Yeah, he was one of the top catching prospects. So we'll we'll, we'll see what happens with him. It'll be interesting to see if he turns out to be what they expect him to be. But besides that, Giants fans, I don't really know much else to tell you. Let's go over to San Diego, the Padres. 90 and a half. This is an interesting team. This is a really interesting team. Because without Juan Soto, without that addition of Juan Soto last year, I think this makes them a very let's let's speak hypotheticals for a second, Zach. Before we get into this, this is a this is a contract year for Soto. So I think even though Soto wasn't the most amazing player last year, I think he will still be a stud. I still think I like this over on ninety and a half, even if Soto wasn't even in the picture and Bogarts was the big deal that they they had made in the last year. I think I I think I agree with that too. I'm going to slam the over on the Padres 90 and a half. I think the reason yeah, why they underperformed too. at 89 and 73 was because of Tatis. Was that Yeah, I, I do think that I think Tatis, you know, I think Tatis screwed up a lot of things for that team last year. Um but this is a team that just has so much talent and then you go out and you sign a just absolute stud of a veteran and Xander Bogarts. I mean, he's been to the playoffs before he's been in this league for eight years now. I mean, that that's just a guy who, who knows what this league is about. And, you know, I really like that addition. I think he can lead, especially a young guy like Tatis coming off the suspension. Right. Uh, I really like the Padres this year. I think over 90 and a half is, is a very, very easy bet to make. And this is a team who, in my opinion, this could be 2023 or bust. Because if you look at the 2024 offseason, obviously, I, I, I shouldn't have phrased it like that. Following the 2023 season going into 2024, there's a lot of free agents. This team could yeah. look very different in 2024. Machado, yep. Darvish, Hader, Snell. These are all guys who could be gone. I think Machado is gone 100%. So this is so in my opinion this year has to be if you're Padres ownership this has to be World Series or bust cuz there's no way you're going to be able to retain all that talent. Yep. Couldn't agree more. All right, let's go down to Arizona. The D-backs. 69 and a half. This is an interesting. D-backs. I I am going to start this off, and I'm going to say over on the D backs. I think they have a lot of good young talent, and I think they're better than 69 wins. So I, I really am. I, I'm high on the on the D backs this year. I think they have a lot working for them this year, and I think they have a lot working for them for the future. 
you know, Corbin Carroll is, is a phenomenal player and he's going to be, you know, their outfielder for the future. And I think he, he has a very high possibility of winning rookie of the year in the NL this year. With that being said though, I do think Arizona is a couple years off. Um, you know, they need a couple years for these guys to develop. I think 69 and a half is just, I don't really see them winning 70 games. I, I see it being more, you know, high sixties, probably you know, above 65, but not quite 70. That's why I'm going to take the under, but I think it's just under 69 and a half wins. Um, I mean, this, this team is definitely going in the right direction. And if I was a, you know, if I was a Arizona fan, I would be excited for where this team's going. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of promise in the farm system. They have one of the top farm systems in the league, but at the major league level, there's a lot of pieces. If we're talking strictly, to get to 70 wins. There's a lot of pieces here that I like. In the bullpen, I like Melanson. In the outfield, I love Gurriel. I love Kyle Lewis. There's a lot of Zach Davies in the rotation. They just signed Longoria, Kettle Marte, Madbum, Gallon. There's a lot of pieces that's making me feel comfortable with hitting the over on 69.5. Like, for example... You look at a team like the Tigers, for example, at sixty-eight and a half. I feel a lot comfortable. I feel a lot more comfortable taking the over in the D-backs line than I do in the over in the Tigers line. One hundred percent. There's no question about that. So, I'm going to go with the over in that. Let's round out the major league scene with our final team here, the Colorado Rockies. Over under at seventy one and a half, and to be honest with you, this this is this is this is this is a hard line because I'm going to be honest with you, Zach. I don't really know too much about the Rockies. Yeah, I'm a big under guy for the Rockies this year. I honestly think they might be one of the worst teams. In I think they're going to be down there with the Royals and the Tigers, and you know, and the athletic, and maybe not the Athletics, but you know, like the Royals and the Tigers and the Reds. I think they're going to be down there with those teams. I really don't see this team winning above you know 67 games i'm definitely taking the under for the rockies there's not a lot of upside besides you know cj crone um i do like brendan rogers though he's he's definitely been a light spot for them i mean they they have they have some pieces in colorado but they really they haven't you know they haven't proved that they're they haven't proved that they're willing to build their team by spending money at all. You know, they were tied to Brandon Nimmo, but that, besides that, Chris that Bryant, was, there's been no other. Exactly. They signed Chris Bryant, but like, and everybody didn't even understand that. Like there was no, I feel like they just signed Chris Bryant to put up their poster, his poster outside of the stadium. So people will come and drink Coors light at the fucking game all the time. So, you know, this team hasn't really shown that they're, they're willing to go out there and get guys to win. So that's why I'm taking the under. I think this team's really going to struggle this year. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to also take the under on the Rockies for this year. I think it's – and I like the Rockies too, dude. I like the cool team, cool ballpark. I've never been there. I'd love to go. Same. Cool unis. It's uh, – I wish, I wish they, they could be a better squad, but – uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go for the for the under on this one. 
Good choice. All right. So let's move on to everybody's favorite segment of the week. Don't know how it couldn't be your favorite segment. Florida Man Friday. Florida Man Fridays, baby. that time of the week, everybody. Who's excited? Who's got two thumbs and who's excited? This guy is. This guy. Anybody want to go first? I think I am ready to go on this one. All right, go ahead, buddy. This one is titled, Florida Man Wakes to Find Burglar Sucking His Toes, Deputies Say. What? A Florida man woke up on Christmas Eve to find a burglar sucking on his toes, according to county sheriff's office. When the resident asked the stranger what he was doing in his house, the stranger said, in quote, he was there to suck toes. A fight broke out, and during the struggle, he su- the suspect tried to grab the victim and claimed to have a gun. Deputies said no weapons were found at the scene. The Herald reports that investigators swabbed the victim's toes for DNA and tried to track the suspect with a police dog, but the alleged toe sucker is escaped and on the loose. Officers continue to investigate this. I need to follow up on this story. I'm not going to Florida. Are you? If there's a toe sucker on the this loose, is, I ain't going that, to Florida That is ever. disgusting and it's creepy. But I would, I, like, how do you find a guy like that? Like, what a terrible guy. <laughs> Imagine you're just chilling at home. Someone just walks in your house, just starts sucking your damn toes. I would be really confused. Would be creepy, dude. I would, yeah. All right. My Florida Man Friday is, you know, uh, pretty weird. The title of my article is oh boy. South Florida Man Cited After Dog Died to Look Like Pikachu from Pokemon. So this guy went to a Miami heat game and he brought his dog and the dog was died literally to look exactly like Pikachu. I mean, he's yellow. He's got the red little cheeks and he's got black ears and he, he looks exactly like Pikachu. And apparently in Florida, it's illegal to buy, sell or possess a animal that has been died by a person. So, this guy got a citation and he had to pay money because he went to the heat game with his Pikachu dog. And clearly somebody really likes Pokemon. Clearly. Thought that was a weird one. How about we get into some picks? Let's get into some picks. Powered by Riverside. All right, picks. Picks. We're going to do picks for this whole weekend Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Your choice. I'll start us off first. I'm going to Saturday, the Saturday night NFL game. The game to decide the winner of the AFC South division. Titans versus Jaguars. 
Jaguars minus six and a half. I will be taking Jaguars minus six and a half. The Titans, they rested Derrick Henry last week. They screwed me over in fantasy championships. I'm pissed off at them, so I'm betting against them. Fuck the Titans. Fuck Mike Vrabel. Fuck Derrick Henry. I'm never going to Tennessee ever again. You screwed me out of money. I hate you. The Jaguars are going to decimate this them in this game. Trevor Lawrence will have at least five passing touchdowns. Travis Etienne will probably have two rushing. I expect them to kick Tennessee's ass, especially with Josh Dobbs at quarterback. Sorry, I'm ranting. I'm really mad about losing fantasy. Yeah, so Jaguars minus six and a half. I'm going to take the Steelers minus two and a half against the Browns in Pittsburgh. Uh, the Steelers are still eyeing the playoffs. There's still there's still a chance that they're they they get in with a little help from some other very teams. good chance. Honestly, there's still a good chance. Uh, and the Browns are the Browns, man. They, there's they're, they're not really playing for anything but pride at this rate. So so let's so, so why not let's let's go let's go steal curtain on this one minus two and a half. Let's take them. Love it, producer Jake. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna stick with hockey. Um, two and three in my last five, so I'm, I'm c- coming back. Um, Cooking. We're going to go with – I actually completely forgot my pick. Never mind. It's the Red Wings versus the Panthers tomorrow, Friday, January 16th, or I guess today, if you're listening today. The Red Wings are at home. They're hot. Dylan Larkin is so good. Panthers just have no goalie and no defense. They let up a million shots a game. Red Wings money line, the plus odds, probably like plus 135, I were to guess, but definitely plus odds, so money line. Love it. Good value. Love it. Love it from producer Jake. Always the hockey guy to fill us in. I think it's time for roulette. I think it's time to spin the wheel. Spin that wheel. Random number for today is 19. 19. Jake's got the roulette open, and we'll see got, how we do. I got roulette open, and we have to wait for the next game. So anyone have any? <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm nervous. So we are over on this. We are over. But okay. we all did say at the beginning of the show that we have a feeling about 19 today. We did say this. This was a general consensus. Oh, you would not believe this. My what, battery percentage that? is 19. Okay, here we go. 19. Oh my god, mine's also 19. I swear to god. No. I swear. 37. Fuck. We could have had it. Here we go. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. 37 divided oh, by 2 is 18 and a half. 21. Oh. Two oh. We'll get there one day. There's always yeah. next show. I thought we had something there with the battery percentage thing. That scared the shit out of me for a hot sec. Holy shit. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of The Talk Off. We will catch you guys on Tuesday. Everybody have a good weekend, good, safe, clean weekend, and we will see you guys on Tuesday. Love you guys. Love you guys. (laughs) 